Welcome to the President's Podcast with the Black Nurses Association of Greater St. Louis. You are listening live to Dr. Leonore Muhammad, President of the BNA STL. And I am Shafon Smith, and I will be your co-host for this episode. Yes, and welcome to our show today. First off, we are on the end of Nurses Week. So happy belated Nurses Week to all of my registered yes. nurses, my LPNs, my yes. advanced practice nurses, my retired nurses, CNAs, mm. and even the grandfathered nurses that not officially nurses, but they do nurse and work and take care of their loved ones at home. So happy belated birthday to Florence Nightingale, uh, <laughs> who started the modern nurse and a huge thank you to mm-hmm. Mary Eliza Mahoney, our first African-American uh, nurse to graduate from school. So uh, we got to say thank you to the pioneers. So we got to start yes. it off there. So thank we you. Thank you. It was not for them. Mm. So we are That's super right. excited. We got a special little Nurses Week episode this month, uh, and we are honored to have our guest on the show today. She is a student member of the Black Nurses Association, Miss Maria Roop. Right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Welcome Hello, Maria. And I'm so super Hi. excited that Miss Yvonne is co-hosting with me today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> excited, excited. So we are off of Nurses Week. We have been getting so many kudos on Facebook, on Instagram pages, at our workplace. So again, thank you to all of you guys that helped celebrate us this week. So we're going to talk about student nursing because we that's one thing that we're trying to do in the Black Nurses Association of Greater St. Louis. We are trying to support and help our students um, as they transition through their uh, nursing careers and, and going through school it's a tough time um we in a pandemic you know so that has been very challenging um to our students um that are having to learn a different way you know um than we traditionally did uh, when we were in school so um with, that's what we kind of want to spark the conversation about today and and so we'll start off with miss maria so tell us a little bit about what you're doing where you're going to school at and like what semester you in kind of give us a little background on uh, what you're doing right now Will do, will do. I want to just first say thank you for having me as a guest on the podcast. Really appreciate the opportunity to be able to share my experiences total. Um, During COVID, during pre-COVID, you know, as a student period, you know, you want to be on your A-game before you even get into it. But the thing is with COVID, it was, you know, unpredictable. These are unpredictable times. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you know, you want to make sure that you're prepared and you just kind of had to be adaptable in this type of situation. Uh, it's definitely what it was called for. So that was one of the things stepping in when my name was called. Um, I'm a student at Forest Park uh, Community College and uh, it's a great program. I'm a first semester uh, graduate. I just got through with that part. So I've got three more semesters for yes, that. Congratulations. First semester is the toughest because you're trying to get used to everything. Yeah, it was a big change. Mm -hmm. Definitely a big change. You had uh, a lot of different, it was different classrooms set up than you would normally have for a science courses that, you know, I've taken in the past. I was like, wow. And you had to also have those kind of, you had to fill it all out. You know, you go into this go mode where you're like, okay, I got to I got all this information because there was a lot of information that was given in the front, but mm-hmm. 
the way that they kind of prepared us was being able to kind of like give an entryway. Before the semester started, we had a week long um, virtual event where we were able to kind of meet the professors, talk with them, ask questions about what we were kind of concerned about and kind of get prepared for what we were, was coming. And so I really appreciated that uh, openness and that transparency because that reduced a lot of the, the oh my goodness, yeah, <laughs> you know, anxiety. Exactly. I'm sure some of the students went through. Exactly, exactly. And that helped a whole bunch. Um, we have mixtures and different schedules than we would do normally if we were in nursing school. We had a simulation alternate meaning that we didn't have STEM every week. We would have it every third week. Students were split up in blocks. We started with 50 some odd students. We were reduced down to 30 something by the end of the semester. So it was really rigorous. We tried to make sure clinical dates, your live virtual as well to as your lab in theory was done. Um, so alternating those weeks was a big transition. But for the most part, the professors were really understanding very easy to come to if you had questions. And it was a bit different because class sizes were broken down. Um, I initially got into the, the uh, Forest Park program. This is just how I take on things. I look at it as an overall situation. Okay, what am I dealing with? What are my resources at that period of time? How much can I learn about nice. how much I'm going to be juggling? And use those resources. That means they have a retention coach available. They have a nursing tutor available. If you're struggling with any content, they have availability via virtual. And you just set your appointment via there. Uh, retention coaches, strategies and test taking anxiety, et cetera, all the way down the block to looking at bringing people in. Student Nurses Association was also something I got into when I was there. I ran for the first chair for the uh, representative for the first first semester cohort and was able to represent the class concerns, needs, and bring them to the board when need be. So taking that role kind of helped propel me into understanding the whole process, getting to talk to other people from other semesters within the same unit, same college at different levels. We were also able to come up with a student nurses association like peer mentorship within the program. That's going to be launched soon. So like taking that active role really helped in really time to manage everything. And knowing when to step back is really important because your academics come first. You got to make sure that you're knocking down A, B, C before you take on X, Y, Z. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, when, you, you, when you talk about uh, uh, prioritizing what needs to be done, that takes me back to my first semester in LPN school because that was really a challenge because you really had to change up your mindset to focus on classes and what you really needed to do and that you couldn't yes. be going out or you have to be no. home, you got to be studying, mm -hmm. you got to be, exactly. you know, all in, um, in, you know, to the studies and, and not have distractions on the side. So I absolutely. Uh, that's definitely, that's definitely something that I had to learn too. I mean, I'm, I'm not the, I don't go out a whole bunch. So like trying to make sure I was prepared because the one thing I don't like is stepping into a situation that I'm not prepared or ready for having reviewed. So it seemed like every day was, you better be going over something, you know, getting ready for, okay, you got lab Thursday, you better start knocking whatever Tuesday, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, and also juggling. I'm also a student nurse at uh, a local hospital. So I juggle that on the weekends. 
also another thing was looking at the grades. Nursing school grades differently than traditional classes that are taken within the college and university. So therefore, I had to make sure my game was on tight because of how I am. I, it's a, this is a whole journey, not just for like getting to the degree, but also a self journey. So understanding that, yeah, I'm usually I'm up, I'm an A student. That's how I try to carry it. But I knew I was like coming at it like, okay, my lowest was 82. I got to keep, I got to take some time off for maybe two weeks, get on my grind and make sure I understand the content. If I have the time, then I have the energy to put into it. So further from there, I just keep on making it out. Now for the other semesters coming, I'm going to have to take that same mentality toward it. But where there's a will, there's a way. And I'm hoping I'll I'll, I'll try to get through third and fourth together. But do you feel? Do you feel like working in and going to school was was a lot to take on? That was there a um, point where you had to step back from work? Was and focus I, more on school? Yeah, there was. Um, I'm a bit of an overdoer in a way sometimes. So I actually picked this job up in November um, as a student nurse, but I made sure. I, I took a PRM position. So I'm contracted for three 12 hour shifts within six weeks. So that means that I can kind of step back accordingly because I don't want to make obligations that I cannot meet. And I don't want that to hinder exactly my mission of what I'm doing right now. So I was able to kind of, I would say I would probably make two weekends, two or three weekends a month I would work. I did not work during the week. I made that a prioritization for family, taking care of business and studying. That was yeah. primarily during my week. Toward the yeah. weekend, it was it was work. Or I would work one Saturday and then study and I'll have an exam Monday. But priority, it was it was basically schooling. I had to dial it back, I think, after break. There was also a moment during break where I'm like, man, I've been on the grind on these books so much and I've been doing this and doing that. I also have a family. So I really had to make sure that I prioritized time for them as well during that break I was able to spend time hang out you know just kind of get that but I knew I spent four or five days not really stunning in as much and I felt guilt every day but the same note, I had to realize my priorities too are my family and so that's what's important to me that I knew when I came back my grade wasn't going to be the best and that's what that's what that 82 was my lowest score I was like I'm gonna have to get back on the ground because I can't let this drop if you get it, I don't like to become complacent as, okay, well, that's just, no, I got to grind harder because, and then I was able to increase it as the last three exams happened. So I would definitely say toward the end, I had to dial back of work um, because you you had ATI swinging in there. And for those that don't know, ATI is kind of like the HESI exit exams at the end of the semester. You have to be able to be competent or the competency test at the end of of a kind of like a cumulative test for that semester. And a lot of it, we didn't really know because of the fact this is a national test it's given across the board. So there's some information. If you didn't know before, you better try to know now. So <laughs> you yeah. know that plus the exams that you were given, you had exam five, then you had ATI, then you had remediation, then you had you know your exam six or whatever. That's within two, three weeks of each other. So it was really important that, you know, when the pedal was put down, it was put down. Like that was mm -hmm. that focus, finishing out that last few weeks of that 16 week course. I would also take, um, like taking those mental health breaks, 
You know, you can't go hard all the time. So taking those walks, yes. whether it was painting your nails or whatever, whatever you found me to balance because if you are messed up here then nothing you do is going to be yeah that is so great that you say that um because I do so many um uh, talks about self-care you know because if we don't get take care of ourselves first and and we just kind of as nurses or bad with that you know we want to take care of oh, yeah. everybody else but we feel yes. to take care of ourselves. <laughs> and it goes with being the the pretty, yeah. you know you have to take care of yourself and you have to prioritize so I think you have uh, hit on a lot of different gems in what you just talked about and I think you got the the secret sauce um, that you should be sharing with uh, your fellow <laughs> students because I wasn't like that when I got into nursing school mm-hmm. I was all over the place and I was thinking mm-hmm. that I could work and just do all of this but I would say start small and then you work up you know as you Mm -hmm. see how the class goes and you know how your pace is and how the tests will go and how your study sessions will go and you know and then you can work up to adding more days to your work schedule but I think exactly what you did with like you know kind of starting slow and then you know, working off so that you can meet your commitments. Um, I think that is absolutely key. And then also uh, becoming part of the Student and Nurses Association. Um, That's one thing that we always advocate, just even from a Black Nurses Association standpoint, you know, have resources and have people that you can reach out to that can mentor you, that can help you, you know, even um, students that are in higher semesters than you, they absolutely have feedback because they've been through it before. Exactly, uh, Shafan. they've been through it so um, they can uh, be telling you you know things or best practices and tips that they can that you can do um, to be successful so I always advocate for uh, students for all of our nurses to become a part of association because that's where your support is and that's exactly uh, you know what we're trying to do so yeah I'm I'm so uh, proud of you already um, with uh, having realized that in your first semester (laughs) Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was behind the eight ball. I was a little slow. I, I don't think I got it to about three semesters in. Then I was like, okay, well, I got to change up some things a little bit, right? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, one of those uh, people who studied at the last minute. Oh, um, that's me. <laughs> more memorizing to take the test, but you know. <laughs> But you got to do what works for you. Like some people, I, you, know, yeah. I, you know, even though I'm, I'm not an advocate of this, you have to do what works for you. Right. Um, but, you know, I'm a like kind of a little procrastinated way to the last minute and then start studying like three days before. Um, but I have a memory though. So it's, it's easy for me to mm-hmm. memorize what I've yes. seen. So that works for me, but that might not work for somebody else. So you have to identify at the beginning what works for you, what study tips work for you, you know, what methods work for you and then go for yes. it and if it's not working then you need to try yeah. something else <laughs> right adaptability was key yeah 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 so what made you get into nursing uh you know what made you want to go into nursing school to begin with uh it was a mixture I kind of ran from it for a long time <laughs> because um I was pretty much raised in it uh, so my mother, uh, she was respiratory therapy for 35 years and then switched to neurology the last 15 to 20 years. She switched to neurology and just retired. 
Uh, my dad taught radiology technology. So like I, I was kind of raised in the health field in a way. Um, but the other component is I have always been fascinated by the sciences. I find it amazing. I just, I'm still, I see this whole thing as a puzzle piece and literally just trying to put all the pieces together. Um, so far as the body systems and how it works, abnormalities and lab values and how it contributes to like the physiological, you know, aspects of what you see, like a patient's confused. Well, let's look at the bun. Let's look at the urine. Let's do your analysis. There's so many different components with acid bases and balances and there's so many components and I'm excited about that part to be able to learn like how this, like put the pieces together. And so initially when I'm able to build this foundation, that means finishing my RN, I do plan on going forward and going in. I do, and you know, I, I like medical research. I, I do enjoy community work mm -hmm. as well. I, I haven't really pegged down exactly where that interest will lie, but with nursing, there's, there's a facet uh, of of you know field that you can go into to explore but I, I think this is um this is one the other component too is I really enjoy helping people um that is that what did I say that, that fills my cup you know when you have a caring heart and you do care about what you do and how you impact the other people's lives it makes a difference um right now I'm working on oncology so I do work with hem you know, um, hematology, oncology. I work with sickle cell as well too as patients that are dealing with cancer. And they're not in the best shape, you know, so it's important and it's, it's, it's high on my list to make sure that I, I show them dignity and show them compassion no matter every source they come in. And because that's, that's what, that's basic. Those are the basic needs. And um, so making sure I'm helping my team you know, making sure that they're comfortable and I'm doing what I have to do is like my priority while I'm there. So I really, I, I enjoy it. When I'm at work, I'm learning. <laughs> like that's, that's like a clinical for me, but getting paid. That's, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Mary will be proud of the statement that you just made because, <laughs> well, you know, you. nurses, we have a caring heart and we just want to make sure we do the best um, that we can do for each and every patient. And I know right. you feel the same, Siobhan, because you actually working out in the field as a nurse practitioner. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, what you've been seeing um, at your workplace during this pandemic and, you know, any challenges that um, patients have uh that patients have seen during this time? Um, and I'm sure the challenges everywhere um, that were about the same challenges, but um, just a lot of patients needing to get transportation to the facility for their appointments. Um, um, a lot of patients have just not came out in the public just because of COVID and they don't wanna contract it. and. Um, you know, things of that nature, they don't want to pass on to their families. Um, so they just kind of stay in. So a lot of them were utilizing the um, telehealth um, appointments, you know, calling in, but we all know with the telehealth appointments, it's, it's not as um, efficient of an assessment over the phone. And a lot of providers, we, we kind of understood why they didn't want to come out. Um, but we also had to balance that out and trying to provide the best care for them that we possibly can, you know, via computer or via a telephone. Um, so that was a struggle. Um, where I work at family care health centers and the good thing about there is they provide the vaccine for all of their patients. 
So the patients don't have to go and search anywhere to find out where to get it um, or anything of that nature. I do have a, I had a brother-in-law that had to drive like an hour and a half to go get his first vaccine. Um, Yeah, um, because it's so, it's still so hard to find where to go to get it. It's a little easier now, but sometimes, you know, um, some places are offering it one day and not the next. Yeah, it's very complicated. Yeah, or something like that. Um, or they're like, if you didn't get your vaccine here, we're not giving you your second one. You know, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Mm. So, um, so the clinic I am at, they provide it for all of their patients. Every Wednesday, they're giving vaccines. The first one, and then every Thursday and Friday, they give the second vaccine for whoever needs it. So every week, they have been doing this, and they were going to continue doing it until they can vaccinate all of their patients. So um, that's the good thing about the clinic that I work with. Um, another thing is um, insurance. A lot of people lost their insurance, um, which is also a barrier to them getting um, healthcare. Um, so there is um, an insurance that um, Gateway to Better Health um, okay. that they are providing or offering to a lot of the patients at, the, at my clinic and I'm, I'm sure elsewhere. Um, but with the thing with that insurance is they pretty much force the facility to get the patient in um, oh, to the so clinic. So you, you, so you correct. So you can't just be okay. getting paid by this insurance company, and the patients aren't coming in. So you know, on the back end of that, we have um, the workers calling the patients like back to back to back. They cancel the appointment. They no show. You got to keep calling them. Come back. And oh, okay. Back to and the only downfall um, is well, it's not really a downfall, but um, you get patients that haven't been seen in 10 and 20 years. Oh, wow. And you guys know what that means. That comes with, oh, I got five and 10,000. And I got, I got 30 to 40 minutes to fix all of them. And it's like, <laughs> so then you, you try to fix as much wow. as you can, but then you kind of feel guilty because you, you kind of need them to come back because you don't have a lot of that, that time. And then you just kind of, you know, once they walk out, you kind of pray that they will come back exactly. to follow because up. Because then it follows the transportation issues of getting back in there. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, a lot of different challenges wow. in COVID. It really uh, challenged nurses and businesses and clinics and healthcare systems oh, yeah. to become innovative. You know, we already were, uh, you know, getting familiar with the telehealth health, you know, and telenursing, um, but that even made us jump even faster to be able to do that. Um, I know in, in my line of work in corrections, uh, we really had to start being innovative with things that we wanted to do uh, with telenursing being one of them, um, way to, you know, see more patients and not, you know, because we had a lot of patients being out, I mean, even a lot of staff being out that have contracted COVID or, Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, then, you know, in many institutions, we short staff because people are out or they taking leave or they taking care of loved ones that were affected by COVID. So we really had to be really innovative. So those challenges, I, I know um, from different organizations, they had those same challenges mm-hmm. as well. So um, and then, uh, of course, mm-hmm. back into the schooling. And I also teach at the University of Missouri St. Louis uh, as a clinical instructor. And we really had, you know, and kudos out to uh, the dean and kudos out to the instructors because we really had to improvise and say, okay, how are we going to teach our nursing students, you know, with not being able to be in a clinical setting? You know, we had to think about, okay, well, let's use simulation. Um, let's get the students in. Let's be creative 
you know, and of course the students want to be out there. They want to be touching and feeling the patients. They want to be learning. They want to be seeing everything. I know my students was like, come on, Dr. Muhammad, I want to see something. I'm like, yes. oh, you know, like, well, we can't go to clinicals this week that, you know, we got to wait till the right. us back, you know, but until then let's get on this mannequin and let's, you know, um, let me show you the ropes, you know, so uh, you know, I know it was a little uh, heartbreaking for some of the students. They really wanted to be in there because we actually were in a clinical setting um, for a while and then we had to you know stop going um, mm -hmm. and then revert uh, back to the lab and then also uh, dealing with the uh, the high uh, simulations uh, in the simulation lab so you know we made it work um, but it, it obviously was definitely something that we had to uh, improvise and uh, be creative and and still have a good learning environment for the students so um, so I will tell you that the one thing the students will know is how to don and doff PPE. Okay. <laughs> you guys were the at that because when we were in that clinical setting, we, yep. oh my God, we was putting those gowns on and off going into those rooms at the beginning uh, of the pandemic when we still were able to go into the hospital setting. So uh, you guys will absolutely be experts in that <laughs> by the time mm -hmm. you get out of school. Yes. So, uh, super excited but uh, yeah so uh this it has been great having you on Ms. Maria uh to Thank talk you. to us from a student um perspective um uh, what's mm -hmm. what's um maybe one pointer uh, that you would give uh for nurses or look our youngins that's in the high school um that are being prepared or being getting interested in uh starting a nursing career uh, what's one uh words of wisdom that you would give uh, one of our high school students that's looking to get into nursing? I would definitely say um, if they are interested in getting to nursing, if they're interested in getting to the health field, that there are many resources available. You can do it. Um, you have, whether or not you're in high school, they have North County Tech, which offers, I think, in health and healthcare um, uh, portion of their, of their, uh, of their setup and they also have community college when you get through you have oh you have so many and you also have outside resources black nurses association is a wonderful <laughs> wonderful, wonderful program and i really appreciate uh the guidance because i mean I, I i went to the meeting two years ago in person when we had it and i was just scoping out you know i was just like Oh, wow. And by the end of the meeting, I was just truly moved. And I hope the same for individuals who are aspiring to get into the health field because it's definitely needed. And I'm telling you, there's so many resources there. If you want to do it, there's there's opportunity there. And um, so, you know, getting involved is, is a big one. Um, basically, reaching out to these organizations is another and just keep moving forward. I think that's a big one. You know, life can throw a lot of hard balls, soft ones too, and just to keep pursuing your dream of what you want to do. Absolutely. Great words. So, Ms. Shafan, what would you, because you've been an RN, 
and then two dual uh, MP certifications in women's health and adult geriatric, my adult geriatric sister. And MP. Um, so what would you tell them? Because it's, it's really important for us to, or for our youngins to see what we're doing, you know, in our communities and, and how we can be successful in the nursing world. So what what advice would you give them? Is to, and I want you to speak specifically for our RNs already that are trying to think about whether they want to get their MP or not, or if they want to go and get their DMP eventually, like what uh, mm-hmm. advice would you give to them to keep moving forward? Um, first, figure out if that's what you want to do, because both positions are important. Being an RN is important. I've known RNs that have been, um, they've been floor nurses since before I was born and they love it. Yeah. And I've loved it as well. Except, um, you know, I had saw some deficits and I wanted to, with that, I wanted to advance and be in a position where I can try to change those deficits um, in regards to education and things. So I don't want anybody to think that they have to move forward. Um, I don't want them to feel like they need to be pressured to become, you know, get an advanced degree, to get a master's, to get a doctorate. Um, Mm -hmm. Being a nurse in general is, to me, the, the best profession you can have. So, you know, if they choose to move forward, great. We need MPs, we need DMPs, we need black ones. We, I mean, hey, we need them all. We need everybody, um, right? Yes. Because it right. is a nursing not, shortage. A it ain't even a nursing shortage. It's a nursing shortage all the way across the board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But just, just them knowing that there's a spot for them wherever they want to be in the nursing profession, you know, you can... You can do direct patient care, indirect work at a desk. You can, you know, be deep diving in emergency situations. So um, just my advice would be if you want to move forward, move forward. If not, there is a place for you. Yes. And that is the that is the joy of being a nurse because there's just so many different avenues that you can do. And I think that was excellent advice because you just do you. So if you want to be a full nurse, be mm-hmm. a full nurse. If you want to be in corrections, be in corrections. If you want to be mm-hmm. you know, whatever you want to do. You can do it, and that's why uh, I I was, you know, introduced to nursing, and I knew it was so many different facets that um, could interest me. And maybe I want to take care of patients, but sometimes I'm in nursing administration, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I miss talking to a patient, or you know, uh, you know, finding out the problems, or trying to investigate what's going on, or do assessment. Mm-hmm. You know, I miss that sometimes. So yeah. again, you can do both. So you can you know, have a mm-hmm. side job in the hospital or in the clinic, and then you can also be in administration. So whatever you want to do, yeah. that's the, the key point here. So, well, thank you guys for joining me today. It was thank super, you. Uh, we are super excited to have you on the show, Miss Maria. You thank are you. joy. You are inspiration to the students. I can I appreciate that. Uh, ever since Maria joined the Black Nurses Association of Greater St. Louis, she didn't jump <laughs> in. She's been at the community events. She's been doing everything, helping out. And Miss Siobhan, too. When she, yeah. when she joined the Black Nurses yes. Association, too, uh, she was on it, too. So I absolutely appreciate you guys as members. And thank you, Miss Siobhan, for being my co-host today. I appreciate Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> so make sure that you guys uh, listen to this episode on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and share and uh, subscribe to our YouTube page and on our Facebook and Instagram page. Um, we have our local chapter meetings every month on the fourth uh, Saturday of the month. You can uh, check the 
and we doing it via Zoom because of the pandemic. So hopefully we can get back to being in person very soon. But until then, you can meet us on Zoom and you can go to our Facebook page or Instagram page to get the link to join us. And that's nursing students. Even if you're just interested, if you're in high school, you can still come to the meeting and find out what we're all about. So um, just make sure you join us. So we appreciate you. So thank you for tuning in to the President's Podcast with the Black Nurses Association of Greater St. Louis. And um, tune in next time because we are the pulse to all things nursing in the all loop. Things in nursing so thank in the you. Loop.